0: Hey there Recharged family. If you're a parent who's struggling or you know a parent who's struggling because their kids are struggling in some way, I want you to know holding on to Learning LLC might be able to provide you with some answers to the questions that you have. So many times parents need more insight on how to help their child at home or at school. And to be honest with you, it seems nearly impossible to get all the knowledge that you need to be successful at meetings at school or when you meet with outside agencies or organizations that provide support and services for kids. This is where holding on to learning can help. It's a donation-based service for families who have kids that struggle. So whether it be trying to find out information about IEPs or 504s, or just interventions or accommodations that can be provided at schools, or who knows, maybe you just want to find out information about a parent-teacher conference. Because yes, if you're not an educator, you might not know how a parent-teacher conference might work. There are no questions that are too silly. I want to hear what your problems are and see if I can help you with some solutions. I use my years of experience as an educator and also years of experience as a parent who has kids that struggle. I would love to be able to help. So what you can do is contact me, Kyle Hill, by text at 302 492-5117. Leave your name and a brief description of how you'd like me to help you, and I'm happy to get back to you, and we can schedule a time to meet on Zoom. No matter the challenge, I'd love to try to help you and your family. Again, if you can't pay, you don't pay. And if you can pay, it's only a donation. In the end, you've got nothing to lose. Thanks for listening. Now on to the show. It is really stressful, it can be really uh, nerve-wracking, and a lot of times I feel like parents walk out of those meetings thinking, I don't know what just happened. I don't know what we just signed. I don't know what was going on. If that's you, you're not alone. It happens a lot, and it's not your fault. This is the Holding On Learning LLC production. Hit it! The ideas expressed on this show are not the views of their employer. Besides, if you really want to take advice from this guy, well, you should probably do it at your own risk. You better turn right back around because here comes the short Bob dude from the Parents Recharge Show. What is going on, fellow parents? Thank you for checking in to the Parents Recharge Show. In this episode... We're gonna dive into those educational meetings you would have at a school for your kid. You know, when you get called in for a parent-teacher conference, or you have to go in for an IEP meeting, or a 504 meeting, or who knows. Maybe you got called into the principal's office for something. Whatever it is, we are gonna talk about some odds and ends of different things you might see in meetings, but we're also gonna talk about how you can go in with a tool chest of different things that you have so that you feel like you're offering something to the conversation because that is how your child is going to have the best chance to succeed when you build a team between you and the school. That's what we're going to talk about today, getting you prepped for when you have to go into the school for whatever meeting it is. A lot of what I talk about is really preparatory things so that one, you go into any kind of meeting or any kind of situation when you're working with the school feeling confident in whatever it is that you think is going to happen and feeling confident with the information you're going to bring to help support your kid. The other piece is you want to have some background knowledge on what you might be walking into. Any meeting with a school can feel really intimidating especially if you know there's going to be multiple people there. But any even if it's one-on-one with a teacher or an administrator, you can feel really intimidated about going into the school, not knowing exactly what they're going to talk about, not knowing exactly what the information is they're going to provide you. It can create a lot of anxiety, a lot of nerves, and that is one of the reasons why it's important to go in with a little bit of preparation ahead of time. One of the things I'd like to share with you, it's the idea of, Balancing yourself. When you're going into a situation where you have to meet with someone at school, you want to be an advocate for your child, but you also don't want to be somebody who's going in guns a blazing and you're trying to create all kinds of havoc because you're just flat out upset about stuff, especially when we're talking about early on in the school year. Let me give you a couple examples. Maybe it's a parent teacher conference, maybe you get called in. a meeting with a teacher early on in the school year one of the most important things that you want to have come out of that meeting is that you and the teacher feel like you're on the same page collectively you're working together for the purpose and the benefit of helping your child you really need the balance of not too much not too much friction not too much laid back Because you still need to be an advocate. But there's a a small balance in there which is really tough to find. You want to be able to have an open line of communication with the teacher. And they need to be able to have an open line of communication with you. It's really relationship building. And the stronger the relationship is between you and the teacher, the better chance your child's going to have to succeed. An IEP meeting or a 504 meeting, for example, is a different animal altogether. Because you're stepping in to a situation where there's going to be multiple professionals at the table. If you've never been in an IEP meeting before, it can be ultra-intimidating. The reason is you're walking into a situation now where it's not just one person you're meeting with. It's now a table filled with people. Professionals from across the whole gamut will show up to these meetings. And that can be ultra-intimidating. Ultra intimidating. One of the things I stress to teachers and administrators is that when you bring in parents, you need to make sure that they feel comfortable, and that is not always easy to do. When one or two parents come into a into a meeting, and there is six or seven people sitting around a table, it is really stressful. It can be really uh, nerve wracking and anxious. And a lot of times, I feel like parents walk out of those meetings thinking. I don't know what just happened. I don't know what we just signed. I don't know what was going on. If that's you, you're not alone. It happens a lot. And it's not your fault. Unfortunately, because all these professionals share their ideas, it can be really tough to keep up with what's going on. My suggestion in those meetings, don't be afraid to ask questions. And I would hope, I would hope, the school is happy to help you with any questions that you have by providing you answers. The other thing to think about is this. Usually what happens is if you dip your toes into the into the water during a meeting, you start to feel comfortable a little bit further into the meeting, but maybe not at first. And it can be awkward, but I will tell you this. The purpose of that meeting, if it's an IEP meeting, the purpose is obviously to go through And develop the IEP plan. However, the further purpose is to build a team and that's really collectively what needs to happen at all of these meetings. Whether it's a parent-teacher conference or a 504 meeting, you need to build a team together to help work towards the common goal of helping your kid. Now, specific to your demeanor when you enter these meetings, you want to make sure You don't go in, guns a-blazing, like, I want this to happen for my kid. You need to do this. You need to do this. You need to do this. That's an immediate red flag. And as as someone who works in the education space, I can tell you what happens. You're going to scare the education team because whether you know this or not, you may walk into a meeting being a little bit scared, but you could also scare them. And in the end, after this meeting, we don't want anybody being scared. We want everybody working together. So if you go in with too many demands or you go in with a demeanor that is very intense, I'm not sure that's the best approach to building a collective team. On the other hand, you don't want to be the parent who just goes in and sits down and does nothing and just sits there and doesn't really offer anything to the, to the meeting either. You don't want to be completely laid back to the point where you're not offering anything. Remember, even if it's an IEP meeting, it's an IEP team, and you are a huge part of that meeting. You are a huge part of that team. As your child gets older, if they have an IEP moving into middle school, they become a big part of that team as well. And to be honest with you, they become the most important part of that meeting. In the elementary schools, many times kids don't always go to the IEP meetings. But as you get a little bit older, they usually do and they should because they're the most important part. So back to what I was saying, you just want to find a balance, be an advocate for your kid, but don't be over the top to the point where you're threatening the school. Because if that happens, when threatening, when either the school feels threatened or the parents feel threatened, that's not a positive relationship. And you might sit there and think, well, does it really matter? Mm, Yeah, it really does. Let me give you a couple examples. I share with educators information about different leading styles. I've been very fortunate to have awesome leaders to work for throughout all my years in education. Fortunately, many of them have always had the mentality of let's work on this together as a team, collectively as a team. I want to hear from you. I'll offer ideas back to you and we'll work on it together. That is the mentality that you want out of leaders. You know why? Because then everybody's working together. And if you're working for somebody who has that kind of leadership approach, you will work harder. You will go further than what they were, they're asking you to do. However, The opposite leadership style is leading in a way that people are fearful. So, if you go to an IEP meeting and you're going to demand things, or you go to a 504 meeting and you're going to demand things, or you go to a parent teacher conference and you say, This is what I want to happen. This is your fault. So, make this happen. That relationship gets a little bit scarred. The teacher feels a little bit wounded. And now they might go through with your requests of what it is that you're asking, but chances are they're not going to go beyond that. You see, what happens is this. Teachers are people. Administrators are people. When they feel threatened, they're probably not going to, and it may be subconscious, but they're probably not going to go the extra mile. They'll do what they need to for your kid. Don't get me wrong. But what I'm saying is, if you build a collective team effort where the home and the school are working together, that, that teacher is going to be much more likely or that administrator is going to be much more likely to go the extra mile to support your kid. They're going to go the extra mile to listen to your ideas because they know they're coming from a really good place. You're not saying that you want things to happen because you're going to be threatening. You're saying them because you care And you're going about it in the right mentality. And that's what I'm getting at. You find a balance between being an advocate to help your your child. And you find a way to communicate the things that you think need to happen. But you do it in a positive manner so that everybody's not put off. And everybody shares. It can be a delicate balance sometimes. But it's how we get to the point where we build a team that is going to be the most successful network to support your kid. And that's where you want to get to. Later on in the show, I'm going to give you a few more specific takeaways on how to prepare for those meetings. It's time to get recharged, people! To help you get recharged in this episode, I'm going to share with you a story about how I went into a meeting, charged up, And I wanted so much, and I was going to demand things to happen, and it did not go well. (laughs) Let me take you back. Quite a few years ago, my wife and I realized that our daughter was having some real struggles. Specifically, she was having meltdowns, and we couldn't figure out why, until we started to talk with other people, and we started to put the pieces together that we were pretty sure she was having some issues with anxiety. We were pretty sure she had an anxiety disorder. However, what we didn't know was that it's really hard to get a young child diagnosed with an anxiety disorder. However, it was to the point where we needed to make sure she got some extra support and some extra help. And we needed that diagnosis in order to make certain things happen. So we scheduled a meeting with a psychologist. Now, my approach <laughs> was not the best. As I talked about, you want to make sure that you have the right mentality, a balance between advocacy and also being a reasonable person who's listening and taking in the feedback and providing some information. It's a it's a tough balance to get to and I struggled with it. Now, I'm not necessarily talking about just going in to a school for this specific story. I was just going in to meet with a psychologist. So I went in and I let this person know who I was, meaning that I have plenty of experience specifically working with special education students and students who struggle and students with needs. And I pretty much let her know that I thought she had an anxiety disorder and I was a little, hmm, maybe aggressive. I wouldn't say I was, like, demanding it, but I also wasn't really just showing up and letting the psychologist share certain things. So, for example, when I popped in and with my daughter, we had to go through a bunch of questions. Instead of just answering the questions, I was throwing in my opinions, like, this needs to happen, this should happen, that should happen. The end result was not a good one. The end result was our demands kind of got put on the back burner. And she said, well, I think we need to do some, some further investigating and do some further evaluations to get into what it is that you're talking about. What I realized quickly was my mentality going into that meeting probably threatened that psychologist. I'm not going to say probably. I'm sure she... I'm sure I did uh, threaten her a little bit. Not with like, I'm going to bring harm or anything, but meaning my demeanor was so, uh, I want you to have, I want you to make this happen style, that it did not really feel like a balance between two communication lines. Instead, it was rather tilted in my direction. And in reality, I walked out of there feeling like, uh, disappointed, frustrated. But I didn't really understand why until later on when I had an opportunity to sit back and reflect a little bit on the meeting itself. And I'll be honest, after talking with my wife about it, she she shared some ideas about, hmm, do you really think you had the right approach when you went into this meeting? And she was spot on. You see, I've learned from that. When times are tough, right, it's emotional so you really want to get in there and tell them all about what you want to happen and you want it to happen now and I'm done I'm tired of going through this and seeing my my child struggle with this so I want you to make this happen now however on their end they have a specific protocol a process they have to go through they can't just snap their fingers and make things happen and there's a reason for it because if every person who wanted something went in to meet with a psychologist or went in to meet with a, a, someone in a school, if all they did was give out what, what it was that the people were demanding, then that's not going to be <laughs> a fair assessment of really what the child needs. So I've learned from that experience the importance of trying to go in, respectfully sharing whatever it is that I want to share, and respectfully listening to whatever it is that they want there has to be a fine line there. We have to find a way to work together as a team, whether it's you in the school or you and a psychologist or you and whoever, for the benefit of the child. Because so many times as parents, we lose focus of what we really should be concentrating on, what is best for our kid. And sometimes that means taking a step back, listening to what the professional has to say, and then respectfully sharing your ideas too, but it has to be a two-way street. If we close off one of those streets, we're probably going to wreck the car. I want to give you a few takeaways that you can take with you and use, something you can actually use to help you whenever you have to go in to meet with someone at the school. The first thing I would tell you is all like pre-meeting stuff, what you do ahead of time. It's the same mentality that I shared, really, when you're trying to reach out to organizations to help your, your child. It's making sure that you're preparing ahead of time. And I'm not talking about spending hours and hours and hours like you're in college studying for a test. I'm talking about getting whatever it is that you feel like needs to be addressed getting it down somewhere going into the actual meeting with notes specific questions or things maybe it's concerns whatever you have you want to have that written down because you step into the meeting and so many people this is not not anyone's fault this is how brains work you step into a meeting stress level kicks in maybe anxiety kicks in you're a little nervous And all of a sudden you can't remember what you wanted to say or you you walk out of that meeting feeling like I talked about it, but I really didn't hit the point that I wanted. Right. Think about a good example would be going to the doctor and maybe you've got some concerns, but you don't you tell the doctor a couple, but you forget to tell them one or two. Right. Or you forget to tell her about something that has been bothering you that you need to share it's because you didn't have it written down. So just write that down. Whatever the main parts that you feel like need to be addressed, the main points, the main questions, the main concerns, also the main positives. If it's a, especially if it's parent-teacher uh, conference, if there's some positive things you can share with that teacher. Share it. They love everybody, but teachers in general love it when parents. Say positive things about them, it makes them feel like they're doing something right. and I'll tell you educators don't get it enough. They don't hear it enough that they're de- it's a really working in education is a really demanding job. So if you start off a meeting by complimenting them about something that they that you really like about their class that your their your child has told you, that's a really good way to start the meeting. Take a little stress off of them. Because they may be a little nervous too when you're coming in. It's not just parents take a little stress off of you. So writing down some things ahead of time so you know exactly what it is that you want to address during that meeting. It's just a good idea. Any questions that you might have, make sure you get them answered. But remember, try to do it in a very respectful way. Don't go in guns a-blazing with demands. You want to be able to... Say what you need to say, but also listen to what the teacher or the IP team or the 504 team has to say, too. The other piece that I would say prior to the meeting is do yourself a little bit of research and find out what the meeting might entail. So, for example, if you've never been to an IP meeting before, there are plenty of places you can go out and read about, listen to, watch videos on. Just gather content so you have an idea of what you're walking into, especially with an IEP or a 504 if you've never done it before, because just walking in, if you don't know any different, that can be ultra surprising. And you don't want to walk in, feel ultra surprised that there are five or six people sitting at a table, and now, again, you're feeling so nervous and overwhelmed maybe, and you're not going to take in the information as well, meaning your brain capacity just won't function as well. That's what happened. That's the effects of stress on a brain, and you probably you may even forget what it is that you need to to say or communicate during that meeting. So those are some pre-meeting ideas. During the meeting, don't be afraid to take some notes and jot some things down, whether it be you know put them on your cell phone or take a, a tablet in with you take in a notebook and jot some things down. I know I speak from experience. Many of the, the meetings that I had through the years, I was always impressed when, te- when parents would show up and they would actually jot some notes down. That showed me that they cared, that whatever we're talking about, they want to take with them back home to work on or to address. So don't be afraid to jot some notes down during the meeting and then after the meeting is the last piece. And this is critical that most people don't realize. Circle back. I tell educators the same thing. After a meeting, circle back with the parents. I'd say the same thing to parents. Circle back, meaning that a week later, just shoot them an email or call them real quick if it's a teacher or uh, call an administrator or call a case manager if it's an IEP, whoever it is you feel like you need to to communicate with, circle back later, and then just provide them with the information of how things are going. Provide them with some more questions. Maybe it's you checking in to see if whatever you talked about is actually being implemented in the classroom. Whatever information needs to happen, circle back. Even if it's just asking a couple more questions, you see what happens then is the educators... Realize how much you care. And again, it goes back to when we build a team, if they know you care and you're working through this process in a positive way, they're going to be more willing to go above and beyond to help your kid. So circle back. It's something that most people don't do. And I think it's a really important piece to the puzzle so that everybody pulls together a little bit tighter because it's really easy whether you're a parent or a teacher or anyone working with within the school to walk away from a meeting and then a few weeks later we kind of lose focus on what our concentration was going to be from that meeting it's just good it's just a good idea to recenter everybody hey let's make sure that we're still doing this right whatever the decisions were that were made in that meeting i'm going to finish on this remember whatever happens in a meeting it is crucial for you to go in and find a balance. Because if you go in with and you're going in too hot, it's probably not going to build a positive relationship. If you're going in too cold, and I don't mean cold like going in like angry cold, I mean like too laid back and not really being part of the process, then educators might think you don't care enough to do something for your child and you don't want that either. You want a balance. Advocate for your child, but also... Be able to communicate respectfully and listen respectfully. Find that balance. It's all part of the process. I know it is intimidating to walk into meetings. I know it. And, and I, As an educator, I still would go into a meeting and think, oh, this can be a little intimidating. And my wife, who's not an educator, will tell me how she feels stepping into those meetings. But also... I was a part of those meetings for many, many years. I still participate in like IEP meetings and such, and I can see the parents, and I can see their stress. In many cases, it is visible. In many cases, I'm like my heart goes out to them because I can tell they're stepping in. They're ultra nervous. There's a lot of anxiety. That's why I always tell educators, you need to do things to make the parents feel comfortable. On your end, the parents' end, you need to do some things so that you feel more comfortable. Again, that's probably what you're doing ahead of time before the meeting. Generally speaking, if you put in a little bit of preparation, you're going to feel a little more confident in yourself heading into any meeting because you feel like you've prepared yourself a little bit more. Remember, you're an important part of this process working collectively as a team they're an important part of the process, working collectively as a team. The more we bring everybody together in positive ways, the more likely we will have a positive effect on your kid. And that's where we all want to end up. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great one. Matter of fact, the only thing I do know is that most of the time I don't know. Dad, you're super cringy. Is your 9 or 10-year-old already starting to fill out their application for Harvard, Yale, or Oxford? Parenting is just flat-out messy sometimes. If you happen to like this stuff from The Short Bald Dude, new episodes drop every other Thursday. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you think he's halfway decent, you can also rate and review. You can also send him some feedback, too, if you email him at researchcommunity@gmail.com, at gmail.com. You can share ideas on future topics or just yell at him for his horrible sense of humor. We do it all the time. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. We'd like to give a shout out to Kevin McLeod for the use of his music. You can check out his information in the show notes below.